Hey everybody, back again, publishing another episode on this fine Monday, August 6th. Um, so this episode is going to be just about fighter pay. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are curious as, as to how it works. Uh, and, you know, do they get fight pay? Do they get bonuses? Do they get sponsorships? All that, all that jazz. So we're just going to talk about that real quick, and then we'll be done for today. And I'll probably try to publish another episode, maybe... Uh, Friday talking about upcoming fight cards and upcoming events. It's going to be pretty busy this week. But without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so UFC 227. Hopefully you listened to my earlier podcast episode recapping the fights, talking about the big outcome of Demetrius Johnson losing his belt and TJ Dillashaw coming out on top, winning the belt and winning back-to-back fights against Cody Garbrandt. So we're going to talk about fighter pay, okay? And I'm going to run through the basis of how this works. So nowadays in the UFC, okay, there's the fighter pay to show up. So they get paid to show up, essentially. Make weight, show up, get in the octagon. If you show up, you make weight, that's your fighter pay, okay? That's your base salary, okay? And it depends on what contract the fighters are on. A lot of times it differs, okay, Uh, from fight to fight. It depends if you're a championship fighter, you get a cut of the pay-per-view. So if you get a cut of the pay-per-view, the more pay-per-views you sell, right, because people have to pay 60 to $70 to watch the main card, the more pay-per-views your card sells as the main attraction, the bigger uh, of a cut you get and the more money that you get. Um, so that's separate from this, though. So the pay-per-view model, like one or two fighters, they're able to get a cut of the pay-per-view. You know, obviously Conor McGregor, you know, Daniel Cormier, the big fighters, Khabib, Demetrius Johnson, but before he lost his belt, um... Heavyweight fighters, Stipe Mayochic, I'm sure he got a cut of the pay-per-view. But most fighters just get a base pay to show up, okay? Then you have the fight week incentive pay. Now, this is just a fancy term talking about the Reebok sponsorship. So a couple of years ago, I believe in 2016, maybe 2015, the UFC partnered with Reebok. Now, the UFC partnered with Reebok, and fighters are only allowed to exclusively wear Reebok gear during the week of uh, the fight. And this is the deal that they worked out. And to be honest, it's one of the worst deals I've ever seen in UFC history because the fighters are actually losing so much money. Because prior to the Reebok deal, fighters could wear whatever they wanted the week of the fight. They could wear shorts into the octagon that had imprints, and I'm sure you guys have seen these before, of different logos of brands or companies that would literally advertise on their ass. Like, they would have huge logos and pictures of, you know, maybe Bud Light or GoDaddy.com, like, literally anything. And these fighters would wear these shorts, and I've heard fighters talk about, like, Brendan Schaub, for example, said he would make, on average per fight, about a hundred grand in sponsorship deals alone for people plastering their logo on his thigh, on his butt. And that's a ton of money. A hundred grand per fight just on those sponsorship to have those people there. And now the average for fight week uh, incentive pay is probably like five grand to ten grand. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. The the champions get maybe thirty to forty grand for fight week incentive pay, but the fighters are losing tons of money because they're contractually obligated obligated to wear the Reebok gear, which loses they, they lose out. In in a sense, the Reebok deal was great for the UFC. It was great for Reebok in a sense, and shitty for the fighters. They just got the bad end of the stick on this one, and it's pretty unfortunate because you know, they, they already don't make enough as it is, and they lose all the sponsorship money. It's tough. It's tough being a fighter. Okay, then you got bonuses, okay? So a bonus could be a win bonus. 
and it depends what fight. Not all fights have win bonuses, uh, but the UFC will offer win bonuses for particularly intriguing fights, uh, typically not for championship fights. Uh, they do a lot of uh, win bonuses on Fox cards and lower-level cards to try to get fighters uh, to perform well and get a cool win bonus. Um, and then they have the fight night bonuses. So fight night bonuses, it could be submission of the night, it could be knockout of the night, it could be fight of the night, it could be performance of the night. So those are the four categories, and each performance bonus you get 50 grand. So if you get knockout of the night, you get 50 grand. If you get submission of the night, you get 50 grand. You can't get two performance bonuses. So if you have knockout of the night and fight of the night, you only get one. Typically, they'll just give you fight of the night because fight of the night, uh, both fighters get 50 grand. So if you have fight of the night, both fighters get 50 grand. Knockout of the night, obviously the knockout artist gets 50 grand. Submission of the night, submission artist gets 50 grand. It's a great way to kind of fill the fighters' pockets and motivate them to perform well and put on exciting fights because, you know, it's, it's tough. They don't get paid that much, and those those bonuses really help a lot. I mean, think about it. You have a good performance. You, you throw a right hook. You land a clean punch, knockout, beautiful knockout, 50 grand in your pocket. It's pretty crazy to think about. Um, so let me talk about how much they get paid. So it's not a lot. It is not a lot. You know, you'll have Saquon Barkley sign a two, three, four, five million dollar signing bonus just to write his name on the dotted line. You know, you got LeBron guaranteed, however, I don't know, $150 million or something ridiculous. It's not the case in the UFC, unfortunately. Um, I, I read a statistic the other day. So the NFL, or I think it's the, the NBA. So the NBA brings in about a little over $4 billion a year in revenue. And 50% of that money is, is distributed to the players. So the players get 50% of the revenue of the NBA because they're making $4 billion, they're making a ton of money, uh, and, and you got to pay these guys because, you know, teams are, can't afford to pay them. There's a lot of money. Uh, with the UFC, it's tough because there's one central authority, at least with, you know, the NBA, there's multiple franchises and there's different teams that you can join and, and they'll pay you different amounts of money. With the UFC, it's a central authority, and I believe they only give fighters 7 to 10% of the revenue. It's bad. It's bad. Fighters have been underpaid for a long time, especially considering what they go through. Um, they've been underpaid for years, still underpaid. You know, even Connor. Connor will go in there, and I believe his highest purse was probably 2.5 mil, maybe 3 mil. He's still underpaid. He's still underpaid. You realize how much money this guy brings into the company? Without Connor, okay, so we know Rousey got diminished by Holly Holm and then just had her face beaten off by lesbian Amanda Nunes, and she was gone. Brock Lesnar pissed hot for whatever steroid he was on. I'm sure he was on all of them, like every, literally everything that he could juice into his body. John Jones keeps hitting pregnant women, running away or ripping lines of cocaine, whatever he's doing. And then Connor's out, like, vacationing in Ireland and taking his boat around and posting pictures in his underwear, you know? When Connor is there... The UFC does tremendously well. It's He's such a catalyst. He's such a catalyst for all their events, for their merchandise. It's ridiculous. He, he just brings in money. And he's still underpaid. So if we look at UFC 227, all right, we'll start with uh, Renato Moisiano, Cub Swanson. So Cub, he got paid 90000 to show up, 20000 for fight week for a total of one hundred grand. Now, listen to this. This is ridiculous. Renato Moisiano, to go in there and fight another human being 
a vicious, technical, calculated Cub Swanson to go in there, potentially get your lights turned off. He got paid $26,000 to show up. Twenty-six grand to show up. These guys only fight two to three times a year. If that, injuries could plague you. Maybe maybe four to five if you're lucky, if you're really active. $26,000 on the main card in the third fight slot. Luckily, Moisiano got twenty-six grand for a win bonus. Bumps him up to fifty-two grand. $50,000 performance of the night bonus. Bumps him up to hundred and two grand. And then his $5,000 fight week incentive pay at $107,000. So it just shows how desperate Moisiano was to perform and do well and get the knockout, get the submission. I was telling you guys this in the other podcast. These guys are desperate to make some money because they don't get paid jack shit. He went from twenty-six grand to hundred grand. That's four times what he was supposed to make because he A, won, B, got performance of the night, by putting on a good show and a good submission. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There shouldn't be that much of, uh, you know, at stake. You know, he should be getting paid at least 70 to 75. Then maybe like a $15,000 win bonus. Then, then, then the performance bonus. It's pretty crazy. All right, next fight. So we're going to look at, uh, the Henry Cejudo versus Demetrius Johnson. So like I said, Demetrius, big time fighter, big time guy, still underpaid. He got 380 grand to show. Um, he got a 50,000 fight of the night bonus, and as it as did Cejudo, and he got 40,000 dollars for the fight week incentive pay. brings up brings him up to about half a million, 470,000. So Demetrius doesn't fight that often. Fights one to two times a year. The good thing about <coughs> being Demetrius Johnson, excuse me, is that he's got a lot going on for him. He's got plenty of sponsorships. He's got an 11 tight, you know, 11 fight title defense streak. He does a lot of stuff on Twitch. He does a lot of gaming. You guys can find him on Twitch. I think it's at Mighty Mouse. Um, but he's got other sources of revenue, luckily. You know, but he probably makes about half a million fight purse a year. Or, or sorry, about a million because he probably fights about twice a year nowadays. But it's not enough, man. He, he's still severely underpaid. You know, I remember he used to only make like 200 grand like two years ago, a year ago, two years ago. So he's still, he's making a little bit better money. He's got other stuff going on to him, on for him. So you don't have to worry about him. He's got almost a million followers on Instagram too, which is good. Uh, so then you got Henry Cejudo who got a hundred grand to show up. Not bad for Cejudo. Uh, 50 grand front of the night bonus, $30,000 fight week incentive pay for 180 grand. By far his, his biggest payday, I'm sure. Then you're looking at. TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. So Cody was the challenger. He got two hundred grand to show up, thirty thousand dollars for the fight week incentive pay. So for, so for a total of two hundred thirty grand, then you got TJ Dillashaw, uh, three hundred fifty thousand to show. So look at the discrepancy between challenger and champion. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. Cody's the challenger, two hundred. TJ's the champ, three hundred fifty. That's ridiculous. These guys are neck and neck in terms of skill, speed, stamina. And the difference between the champ and the number one contender, the basically the one and two guy, is 150 grand. For me, TJ's not selling that fight. I watched that fight because Cody was fighting. If it was TJ, I'd be like, eh, yeah, I'll watch. But 
I'm watching for Cody. That's the crazy part. Then TJ gets a $50,000 performance of the night bonus and his fight week incentive pay, bringing him up to four hundred forty grand. Well, Cody makes about half that at two hundred thirty grand. Sad too, because he got in there knocked out in the first round. It's tough. It's tough being a fighter, and this is the problem. These guys, they don't get paid enough. They just don't get paid enough. You know, you look at the NFL, you look at the NBA, you look at the MLB. Millions. I'm pretty sure everyone's a millionaire in the NBA. I don't think you could be in the NBA. I'm pretty sure the veteran minimum is like a million dollars for a season. The vet, the minimum, the vet minimum is a million bucks. You know, you got guys fighting on the uh, undercard who are making probably twenty to 20 to thirty grand for for the fight to go fight somebody. To basically guarantee some type of bodily harm unless you just go in there and start your opponent. I mean, it's it's absurd. I'm looking at some of the salaries. Shaman Morais defeated Matt Sales. Okay, I believe that was in the the prelim, the early fight pass prelims. Matt Sales made ten grand to get his brakes beaten off. Luigi Buren, ten grand. Montel Jackson, ten grand. Brett Johns, who put up a ridiculous performance, twenty-two grand. These guys can't. I mean, I you heard it from me first. The majority of the UFC fighters is about five hundred fighters on the roster. They've got second jobs. They have to. They have to have second jobs. If you're Montel Jackson and you just made ten grand on a fight, and you only fight three to five times a year. Are you telling me you're making 30 to 50 grand as a fighter? As someone who goes in there and gets punched in the face for a living? The upper echelon of fighters, Connor, you know, Rousey, John Jones, DC, these guys, you know, Alistair Overy makes a ton of money. These guys will make 800 grand and above per fight, but these lower level fighters, man, you got to look out for them because they don't make jack shit. They don't make anything. Sometimes that's good, it drives their hunger. You know, motivates them to go win in that extra training session, that extra night at the gym, you know, to get this dub. But it's not good. The UFC needs to look back on uh, 2018 as the last year where fighters don't get paid. And, and they need to, they definitely need to renew some stuff for, for 2019. It needs to be fixed. But overall, that's, that's pretty much how fighters get paid. Obviously, they have outside sponsorships. You know, you look at fighters like Paige Van Zant. I encourage you to follow her Instagram. She's like one of the cute blonde fighters who kind of prances around like she's a fighter, but she's not really. She's in. Uh, she's had, she's had a couple of knockouts. You know, you don't want to diminish her accomplishments, but she recently released a book. She was on Dancing with the Stars. She, you know, she's got huge sponsorships with Metro PCS, Muscle Farm, like you know Donald Cerrone, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's got Budweiser sponsorship. They've been behind him for a while. These guys have outside sponsorships and everything. So hopefully, you know. They're getting paid well via via those different streams of revenue, but the UFC needs to start shelling out more cash. You know, you want a better product, you gotta pay these guys. You gotta you, you gotta pay them. And uh, you know, if the fighters get paid, more motivated, more money. I mean, I just I think the product gets better. Stop being greedy. I realize you know WME IMG bought the company for four bill, and they've got a huge tab to pay off there, but you still gotta pay these guys. 
these are the reason these guys are the reason the fans tune in. It's not because of the upper management. It's not because of you guys, because of the fighters. So pay them. All right, and that'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. So to recap, this was just about fighter pay, talking about, you know, the different ways they get paid, the different bonuses, structure like that. Uh, can you guys let me know? My email is in the description of this podcast. It's kkelly4 at babson.edu. Or hit up my Instagram, DM me, whatever. Let me know what you guys want to hear. What do you not know about fighting that you'd like to know? What do you not know about the UFC that you'd like to know? What stories do you want me to talk about? I have a lot of stuff in my head. Like, I know a lot of things about fighting. And there's a lot of topics that I'd love to cover. So just reach out to me. Let me know what you want to hear about. I'm open to any suggestions. Um, I'd be happy to talk about... I'll talk about Connor. I'll talk about drug testing. I'll talk about the days, you know, back the back in the day UFC. The early days. The anarchy days. Just hit me up. Let me know. And then I'll, uh, I'll we'll, we'll talk about it on the Championship Rounds podcast. All right. Thank you guys again. And feel free to share my podcast on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Get the word out there. This is an awesome way for people to learn about the UFC and, and really get involved in, in an exciting sport. And I hope it starts to spread like wildfire because I love doing these podcasts. It's a good time. All right. I uh, hope everyone has a good rest of the week. You know, stay focused. Stay diligent. Keep trucking. I'll try to release another podcast on Friday. Hopefully, I'll get some suggestions in my inbox, and then we'll be good to go. All right. Everyone get out there. Have a good day. See you.